What is up, FIFA Tears? Hello and welcome back to the Three Foot Tears podcast. Extra time with myself, LAJS, as well as my two regular co-hosts in Merzgoth and B-Rab. How are you all doing? (laughs) 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 It's funny. Yeah. For context, Darwin Nunes has just been sent off this very minute by uh, a headbutt. Yep. That he's decided to do on, is it Anderson, I think I saw? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, yeah, that that's what's just happened to cause that laughter. Silly um, boy. Yeah, I think, I think we'll just start straight into the hot takes, as there is one from, uh, from a Liverpool fan, who knew, who topically says, hot take, Darwin Nunes will outscore, air quote, the Norwegian wannabe Rapunzel by five goals. Now, Wannabe with, with Rapunzel. A, Wannabe Rapunzel, yeah, Norwegian wannabe Rapunzel by five goals as well. So, with with what three match ban, it's gonna be impressive. Yep. It's gonna be impressive if he does that. Yeah, and there's no maybe, way it's maybe, getting changed. Like he has literally turned around and headbutted him straight in the face. So maybe not, it'll be more than yeah. three. Who knows? Uh, it's one all, by the way. Diaz has just scored. There you go. That's something that's good for you, if I remember rightly. It is certainly good for me. I said pre-game that I backed a draw in this game. But yeah, so for, for that to happen, Girk, then realistically, you're going to need a Haaland injury. Yeah. You're going to need a Haaland injury and Nunes to, and I know I defended last week, to be less immature. Mm-hmm. There's a he swagger, just got played. He got arrogance. played. He, he, yeah, he's, he's lost his head. He's lost his head. It literally, like, so quickly that now future teams, when he's in there, are going to know it. And he's going to have to be very, very, very careful. Mm-hmm. So Gab- that, that's a uh, conclusive answer for anything from all of us here. I think you're about to say something, though, Maz. Yeah, Gabby Jesus is going to outscore Nunes. As simple as that. That's all I'm going to say. It's, a, that it's a good shout. I mean, you def- shout. It's a good shout from now at this point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if I decide to double down on Sterling now, that would be funny. Uh, I yeah. don't think I will, though. I'm just going to going to leave that in reserve. I don't think I can say that yet. No. But now, now we've got that quick, almost joke one based off timing out the way. We've got a couple of questions from GH and Girk this week. So we'll start off with one that's aimed at each of us individually. So I'll. this is GH question, so just bear, in mind, bear that in mind. Uh, we'll start off with you, Mers. Would you rather sell Smith Rowe Sign Ravel Morrison or appoint Gus Poyet as your manager? Um, yeah, I'd like to hire Gus Poyet, sack him after like a game, and then just hire somebody else. There you go. Then, then Arteta ball's gone. I'd just get a. a we'd just rehire Arteta after one game. There you go. Didn't, sti- I, I think, didn't I think stipulate that. Wrong way. I, I think you looked at that wrong, but I'll. Uh, I'll let you go for yours, Brad. Which is, uh, would you rather sign King Kazu? Sell Todd Cantwell or appoint Harry Redknapp? Wow, I expect it might be a Chelsea-based question. Um, yeah, so did I, but who, who knew? Who knew? Um, yeah, I mean, what are these questions, honestly? But uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll go with uh, Sign King Kazu because the guy's a legend. I was about to say shirt sales and popularity from Danny yeah. Aaron's fans would be oh. would be key. Yeah, you'd see Danny Aaron's doing. Most videos in a Norwich shirt that has King Kazu on the back. What what could be better publicity for this this city we live in, or I live mm-hmm. in anyway? 
Yeah. So yeah. You forgot to put the stipulation in though. If you buy, you have to sell the other player. If you sell, you have to buy the other player. You put that in in there somewhere else. Oh yeah. Put further down. Sorry. Put further down. So. Well, to sell Todd Cantwell. You have to sell. Yeah. So it's either. Oh, that's not a problem anyway. Todd Cantwell's tripe. He wanted to go to Bournemouth last year and all that stuff, so yeah. that's fair. This uh, doesn't matter. My one is, would you want to sell Harry Kane and buy Josh Sargent <laughs> or appoint Roy Hodgson as your manager? Now, my response to this is going to be sell Harry Kane. So the reasoning I'll say that is you, sign, you have to sign Josh Sargent, but we've already yep. got Richarlison or Son to fill in that spot. So actually, you're just signing Josh Sargent for like a Twix and a can of Coke, sit him in the resis, <laughs> and you keep Conte as manager, and you still got some depth. You still got Son or Richarlison playing through the middle, and whichever one's not playing through the middle is playing on the left. So previously, I'd have just bought... I don't know in your case, Merz. Smith Rowe's a bit part player signing him for Ravel Morrison if you truly are invested in Arteta ball wouldn't be the most criminal thing to, known to man either. I think the signing one, if your team's got depth, is almost pointless. I don't think Smith Rowe's a bit part player. I just think he just had a lot of injury problems and still sort of recovering a little bit from that. Because I think he's perfect for that 10 role and where Odegaard is playing at the moment. But I would think mm. drop Erdegaard into that slightly deeper to be the more like anchor to play between the defence and the rest of the attack sort of situation and get him forward. And it, it's sacrificing Xhaka. But even though I'm starting to think Xhaka is a little bit underrated, actually, I think he's a little hot-headed, but watching like all or nothing can kind of respect him a little bit because he has a passion passion and he does mm. care a little bit about like the club and his, the performances and stuff like you just have to see his reactions from like when they lose and stuff but personally I would not really want to sell Smith Rowe because I think he, he'd just be good in that number 10 role mm. I mean I get that but I mean Xhaka didn't he get a goal and an assist this week as well he did so he's, he's getting involved but We'll move on to one of the next ones, which realistically means we're probably sticking with GH. He's then put in here a hot take, mainly to annoy a different viewer. Sorry, Roman. It's it. Merz, you said beforehand that you don't think this is really much of a hot take of Mares being better than Bernardo Silva. Nope. I think and he's justified it by saying yes. Bernardo Silva's played on the wing before. I mean, yes, well done. He did that for Monaco mainly, and briefly for City in maybe the first season. But mainly, he's been a midfielder. Yeah, I I think Mares is. I think Mares shows up a little bit more in the big games and can be a, like a little difference maker for City. Yes, okay, he's not necessarily star man because obviously at the end of the day, Man City's a uh, team filled with stars with likes of Kevin De Bruyne uh, Haaland now and stuff but Bernardo even Silva. with but, uh, but, yep. but that's the thing though uh, whilst no. I agree with that for me what the, they, they are filled with star men but last year 
Bernardo Silva was one of like the star man. Like without no, that guy, they no. they don't they don't necessarily win the league. No, no, silky ilky, silky ilky. Oh yeah, he was brilliant as well. But... Yeah, he's more important than Bernardo Silva. Like I don't think Bernardo Silva realistically has a spot in that team right now. Like uh, for me, it's ro- like if you go with the midfield, that's crazy. It's it's Rodri, silky ilky, Kevin De Bruyne, Tack, Foden, Mares, Harland. That's that the way I see it. That's an interesting take. No. That's I the way I disagree. see it. I disagree on two fronts. Firstly, I think Bernardo Silva is is better and more important for Mar. Think of how many times Mar has screwed up for C. Yeah, true. He 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 nearly cost them the league with that with the penalty miss penalty, against yeah. Liverpool. He he just he almost feels like the greedy player most of the time in that City team. When especially if you remember his Leicester days, he was he'd keep a hold of the ball, stay down that right wing, like laying Vardy, but he, he seems to be the one that takes on the man and holds on to the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Which in a team that moves the ball around, tries to play its way through, he seems like the exception to the rule almost. Yeah, I agree. I think he looks to cut inside on his left foot for a shot too often, in my opinion. Mm. But then again, you kind of would like uh, like to have that sometimes in a team. But the problem is, is, without necessarily watching every single game and probably diving too much into stats, but personally, from what I feel and from just gut feeling and what I have seen, which isn't like the 38 games in the season or anything like that, but from what I see, I personally would say Mahrez, and I'm sticking with it, Mahrez is better than Bernardo Silva, and Bernardo Silva doesn't just has a spot in that team for me. I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong, you're just not right on this occasion. <laughs> oh you that's a new favourite phrase of yours, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been now a bit recently. Yeah. Uh but no, someone who's definitely wrong here is it, there's EA a second no, part mate, to that's this the question. end of the day. EA no, that's all that matters. There is a second part to this question and oh? this is okay. or not even it's a statement. And I don't think you really saw this bit, but this is straight delusion from GH. And I don't even know it's delusion of he says Solanke will definitely outscore Mitrovic this season. Oh, come off it now. No. Yep. <laughs> he doesn't say that, definitely. That's... He says Solanke will outscore him, but it's the no. same thing. <laughs> no. When that, lunch think... bell, when that lunch bell went, Mama GH was feeding him some special brownies. That's what was happening. Come <laughs> you on now. Go straight away. That's come such on a now. reference. My goodness. No. That's such my... an out there reference. Mitrovic is getting into the double figures, I feel. Yeah, without a doubt, he's getting into double figures. He's got to play Man United yet. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So twice. 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 Yeah, twice. Uh, Solanke gets that same opportunity, to be fair. Yeah, but Mitrovic is a bit more of a quality player. You just have to look. Mitrovic scored more goals than Solanke in the Championship last season. Mm -hmm. What hope has he got in the Premier League? Yeah, he's. That is that is pure delusion. That is that is some wacky. Well, I don't even know if it's delusion from. Like, why would he be delusional in favour of a Bournemouth striker? He's he's, he's ex Liverpool. Nah, I, I've got it. He's a bit salty because of what happened last week. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. What so? What so? You don't back you don't back the striker that managed to score two against the team you rate highly. Come on now. I mean, incoming Zaha slander, but the logic don't make sense, does it? 
Yeah, that'll be next week's question. Yeah, someone will score more than Zaha. That's fine. Like, yeah, why, why, why Zaha is the most overrated left winger in the league? Left yeah. forward, sorry, in the league. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go into a more reasonable one now. This isn't even a hot take at this stage. Those, those have all been pretty much hot takes at this point, or silly GH questions. Girk's come in with a question of what is your all-time Premier League five-a-side team? Oh, okay. So, realistically, you're going to be playing in five-a-side. What, two defenders, or two midfielders, one defender, one attacker, and then a goalie? Um, yeah, I'll probably say you're playing a one-two-one, one, one, aren't you, probably? Yeah, one-two-one one and a keeper. Yeah. So, what, what, are you, what are you thinking when you come to your sort of defender? Are you thinking of a no-nonsense player? Are you thinking you want more of ball-playing what, no, what I think. You, what, what's your head going to in terms? But of... as soon as you said it, for the first, the first defender on my my starting sheet there was uh, Vidic, in my head. Mm-hmm. No nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm was going the first. Man. First player I'm I thought go- of when we said defender. I'm going Van Dyke, personally. I feel for uh, again, sort of similar to like a no nonsense, but also at the same yeah. time, somebody that can partially play on the ball as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think of someone else. Just someone else at this point. You you need someone who's quick, um, and also gets stuck in. And I just want to be really biased right now. The fact I'm wearing a Spurs shirt. I'm gonna say Romero. Sod it. I'm being biased. Yeah. I don't care. You you want a hot-headed, stuck-in, no-nonsense kind of guy. Right. So I'm not picking any long-haired midfielders or strikers. (laughs) Absolutely. Fellaini, uh, so, sorry, Fellaini, you don't make the cut. <laughs> uh, didn't he trim his hair like the other year? Oh, Andy Carroll. Yeah. Prime, prime ponytail grabbing. Yeah. But, I mean, he'd be no good anyway. You can't play it above the ball above chest height, can you? Depending on what you play. Yeah. Most five-a-side, I think, it's like that. But my, my six-a-side isn't. Uh, midfield options. Are you going for more of a silky... Sort of a pass and move player. Are you going for no nonsense again? Bit a bit somewhere in between. I'm going for a CDM distributor mm-hmm. who won't stop running. And I'm going for a like a cam, I suppose. Okay. Um, my CDM distributor player who's going to give you probably 110 percent every game is Kante. Okay. Um, and and specifically designed for five aside because he's closer to the ground than any other player in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I going as my cam? Ooh, cams over the years. Come back to me on that one. Okay. Damn nice. it. I was going to say Kante, but I don't want to pick some somebody that's already been picked because I was just going to say he covers I've the ground mine. and he'll go from the from like the defending goal to the offensive goal in a blink of an eye because he covers that much ground quickly mm-hmm. uh but i think for a midfielder oh no it can be considered an attacker i'm gonna say wayne rooney as okay. one myself somebody who can basically be a bit no nonsense also be able to chip in with the attacking be a bit creative as well mm. Now, in terms of, I feel like I'm not going to go with an offensive, uh, defensive player. I'm going to going to say Kevin De Bruyne for the perfect passes, basically. Mm-hmm. That's a perfectly yeah, valid one. 
my my one in is not going to be Kante for for the holding role. I'm going to go more for pure versatility, Fabinho. So Fabinho has obviously previously played centre back, right back, holding midfield. If say Romero in my team steps up and steps out, Romero yeah. can then drop in. Not Romero, uh, Fabinho can then drop in and cover. So more more thinking. What whilst also being a good ball player and and distributor in the same right, and will be able to chase people down. He can also just sit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for an attacking player, I'm trying to think like his, like historically. I'm, I'm trying to think because we we've only re- really mentioned current players outside of Vidic. So I, I've now got my really. well, I've now got my um Cam, and he is an old go for it older player. It's Cantona. Okay. okay. Yeah. Big Eric, no nonsense again, but yep, yeah, good good playmaker, good scorer as well from the Cam spot. Um, yeah. Then I'm going for another classic two. I'm going for a classic two thousands player, in terms of almost is a winger. I'm going for a bit of uh, streets won't forget JJ Kocha. Oh yeah, good shout actually. Bit a bit of JJ at five aside. I I think would do an absolute, absolutely do a job. Mm-hmm. And then for I mean, your actual your goal scorer. I mean, I, there's only one man I can name. There's only one man I can do this. My Thierry, beloved Thierry Henry. I can't pick anybody else. I understand it. I do understand it. He's not my pick, mm. but I do understand that. I'm trying to think of almost someone to rile up the opposition. And I think when that comes to my mind, and in terms of strikers, there's two that come to mind and one... I wonder if one of them is one of the best individual seasons of anyone. Go on. So I'm going to go... The choice between Zlatan and Suarez, I'm going Suarez. Wow, that's who was mine. Okay, right. Um, I won't choose Suarez then. I was going to say in those nail-biting decisions, he's someone who you want as a joke. (laughs) But, uh, right, okay. Who am I going to choose other than Suarez? I just had a couple of such standout seasons, though. If you want Suarez, I've got another one that's not even Zlatan. But for different reasons. So if if you if you want to go Suarez, I can go with Dennis Burkamp. Oh, that's a good shout as well. To be fair, De- Dennis Burkamp, the stuff that man could do with the ball was sublime. Like even as a Spurs fan, I'm wearing a Spurs shirt at the time recording this, and you you almost the elegance that that man had with the ball was. I'm crazy. I'm gonna no I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for someone different. I'm actually gonna go for someone who. Unfortunately, got done dirty for his career on FIFA. I'm gonna go for Shearer. Okay. Yeah, prime Shearer. Yeah. Absolute goal scorer. Shearer, personally. (laughs) Yeah, absolute goal scorer. I was considering then Michael Owen, but now for me, over a span of career, yeah, Shearer. Okay. I can't believe we're finishing with the goalie. Yeah, we are finishing with the goalie here. We're going, we're going... Some respect to those goalkeepers. Yeah. Now, there's a few There's a few good ones down the years. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're all going to say the same. <laughs> but, yep. It's the fact that it specifies Premier League. Yeah, I think that, that's the thing that kind of makes it only one person in my mind. But we'll see. 
There's potentially a shout for two. Five aside, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go present. I'm gonna go Allison. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna go distribution. I'm gonna go reaction saves. Like as much as Edison's distribution is great, like Allison's a better keeper. Mm-hmm. So just go with Allison in that in that respect. Mers. Oh, I mean, thinking about like maybe sweeper keepers and that sort of style goalkeeper because they're going to probably have to come out and meet the attack head on than necessarily trying to make saves. Now, obviously, can't have Neuer, unfortunately, in this situation. So mm-hmm. I guess the closest to that is going to be Edison, I guess. Although I would actually like to also potentially give give a shout to Dean Henderson just because of some of the performances that he's had in like recent seasons for like Sheffield United, what he's doing for Nottingham Forest at the moment. He's he just seems to be like a miracle worker for like bottom half teams. Mm-hmm. But Point yeah, Edison's what? What? <laughs> so, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for you, GH. Mm. Oh, what? <laughs> um, okay, right, so. let's talk seriously now. Um, I'm mm. so I would toy between three. I've got Van der Sar, Czech, and Schmeichel in my head. Um, okay, someone's on the icon filter, but um, but originally, like my first instincts were Peter Schmeichel. I remember that guy just pulling off some some like I will never forget the one where he like tipped it onto the bar from like the most impossible angle. Um, it was just one of the best saves I've ever seen. Like how he got down so low to do it, I don't know. Um, so yeah, so Peter Schmeichel for me. Okay. Carius as a sub. Uh, in the same way, I'll have Victor and each of be as my backup striker. Um, oh, I've, got, I've got Luke Chadwick as my backup midfield. Um. Oh, I have God, Ryan right. Shawcross as my backup defender. Oh, no nonsense. <laughs> no nonsense. Injures the players when need be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what do you need? <laughs> yeah, just get someone who's going to break legs. <laughs> oh my God. Christ. Uh, <laughs> let's let's go to Venom. Okay. Uh, Venom's question this week is the best goal you've ever seen. Now, I'm going to take this as seen in person. Okay. Rather than best goal you've ever seen, period, the end. I don't know if that's... If, if Venom wanted best goal you've ever seen, period, the end, I guess you have to resubmit that next week. But what would you say is your best personal goal you've ever seen? Um, go on, Mers. You go first. But personal... Pers- it didn't actually have to be at the football match. Scene. Yeah. Yes. I haven't been to a football match, so I guess I can't answer the question. Damn. Say, okay, we'll, we'll we'll change the rules then. Okay, I'll, I'll we'll we'll go for that then. Mers hasn't been to a game. What an Arsenal fan, lads. Um, <laughs> not even a Forest Green match. He hasn't even been to a Forest Green match. Bless him. Have you not even been like to a Sunday league and seen some I've sort been, of like? I go to rugby matches, not like football matches. Have you not seen some thirty-four-year-old twenty-stone guy hit a banger on a Sunday morning? <laughs> no. Come on, though. Yeah, the, the, yeah, no, the best goal I've ever seen was when I got chipped from 30 yards. Yeah, that's that's, that's the best one I've seen. Wow. That's a proper Sunday league. I was, I was on the edge of my box, and yeah, they just pinged it from, from 30 yards, and I was like, ah. Oh. I still tried and failed, but yeah. Yeah, I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen some actual, like proper bangers in Sunday league football. Like, oh, you always do. 
It's different, different so, gravy. Like ball just, you know, has been passed around and ricocheted about forty times, but it just happens to have fallen on the edge of the box from thirty yards, and someone's absolutely van bastened it in the top corner. You know, you don't expect to see it. Okay, then best goal you've ever seen. Period. The end. Ever. Uh, so it's going to be that controversial thing for me again. Well, not controversial, but like this will be the obvious answer, even though it's not technically the right answer. It's going to be David Beckham's free kick for England. Like, yeah, it's the it's the moment for me. It's not the goal necessarily. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's an incredible free kick, and given the moment and given what it means, it's you know it is massive. But it's the it's the way it makes you feel. It's that euthanasia. <laughs> oh god not that again uh, you, you are aware what that means right it's yes not i am aware and no, i'm joking no it's but not that's, the, the, dogs. that's the thing it's like that, the dogs. that for me like there's don't get me wrong there's plenty of incredible goals like we could just look at this week like this weekend's of football this week of football like did anyone see sars goal yes in the cha- half, that was that was last week but like yeah, that's incredible I, I, like from like he's he's literally like barely even looked up and seen from inside his own half and like he's hit it like that in a chip like we talk about chip, that in the chip, he's absolutely like he's punched that so hard that that keeper ain't getting back to it. There's no run, there's all the scrambling in the world, you ain't getting back to that. Um, and like you know, we've seen like Rooney do things over the years like that. We've seen bicycle kicks, overhead kicks. They're all impressive, but for me, it's how that goal makes you feel at that time. And that was that was the most incredible moment for me as a just a fan of football you know not a club football fan but a fan of football in general mine's gonna be someone we mentioned in the uh the five aside and it's gonna be dennis burkamp that the newcastle goal it the control he shows and just destroys he ends a career with that with that touch and that like I'm sounding like a real Arsenal shill right now. Yeah. But yeah, it actually just sublime. The control, the confidence, the touch, the finish, the everything is just so good that bias aside, it's a it's a contender, at least a contender. I think you should take that shirt off. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna I can send one of my Arsenal shirts your way if you <laughs> prefer. Nah, I'm alright, mate. Get Burkham printed on the back first, though. Nah, it's not. It's not do that. Just because I'm a Spurs fan does not mean I can't appreciate. Yeah, yeah, got. of course. Yep. So, Merz, what's the what's the the non real life goal? Okay, uh, for me, I I'm gonna say probably. David Beckham's halfway line goal that he scored, like that, probably is the f- first goal that I've seen from such a distance, and sort of like lingers in the memory and sort of shows the class of the player and his control of ball for like from distances. Like he can pass; he's like good long range passer, renowned for that. Like David Beckham. And I think that's probably how he visualised it. It's just imagining him just like crossing the ball and just chipping, going over the goalkeeper, catching him off his line and scoring a nice goal. Yeah. And I, 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 I like he's scored quite a fair few good goals. 
David Beckham over the course of his career, but I'd say that's probably the first of his career-defining goals, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... Another goal I've reminded myself of is a Harry Kane one. So we, we, we've earned the right to put this shirt back on. It didn't take off in the first place, but is the one against Arsenal where he's got the mask on and he scores from nearly on the, the sort of by the he's on the byline and he just curls it in. Do, do you know what I mean? Well, Merz, I expect you do, but Brad, do you know what I mean? No. So there's a goal. He's, he's, it's almost like he's, he's near the byline. He's dribbled towards, he's just inside the box and he's curled it in far, far corner. Uh, I'll send you what is I that, mean. Is that because of like what it means to you in the derby, or? Yeah, if if we're going off that, it's it's more the moment and the derby, yeah. but yeah. For me, like one of the one of the ones that sticks out to me, and it's more because of like, it's funny just how it like tees up towards it is the Rooney volley, like when he's literally moments beforehand arguing with the referee, and then kind of just turns around and then just hits a smashes a volley and like. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna send you the Harry Kane one now to see you know what I mean. Oh right, okay. Yeah, like it's a great goal. Like from there, just hits it with power, curls it far with power. Yeah, like, it's it's a great goal, but yeah, there's, yeah, it, de it depends on what you define. It de it purely depends on what you define as a great goal, whether it be in a, in a rival match with something like that coming out. It. Whether it's a forty-yard screamer, whether it's a free kick, so Roberto Carlos. Technically, you could say Roberto Carlos's free kick that bends back in, stuff like that. I've seen clips of that, but yeah, I, I, I think either the Burkamp goal or the Kane one are definitely up there for me. So there's one that arguably is going to be funny because it's technically against the team I support, even though I don't directly support them. Um, do you remember Papi Cisse's goal against Chelsea? Oh, the Chelsea one. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. beauty, actually. From Newcastle, when he was playing at Newcastle, obviously, outside of the foot volley from, like, such a narrow oh, yeah. angle. Was it from a throw-in? Like, throw-in, then shot? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Throw-in, and he just sort of half volleys it, or... Um, yeah, it was just, just madness. Some of the goals just mental. He was a very good striker, to be fair, for for Newcastle. Uh, for about six months. Yeah, for <laughs> well, six months. Yeah. Denver Bar's more the one I think, but Denver okay. Bar. Denver Bar's a name. So the only real ones I can see left is reactions to the Ballon d'Or nominees. Who do you think will win? That's a GH question. It's mainly to capitalise on the fact that Messi did not make the vote for the first time since 2005. Wow. So, th thoughts on Messi missing out, Ronaldo getting in, <laughs> as well as Seb Haller got in, and a couple other interesting ones I'm going to have to look up. Um, who, who do you see taking home the Ballon d'Or and why is it Benzema? Benzema for winning I mean, Champions League. So why cool. is it Benzema? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, for his general performance, for the fact that he probably should have been close to getting one before now. Um, 
Yeah, there's a few reasons to support Benzema. I mean, I I I get the Ronaldo nominee because like Man United would have been in far 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 dire straits last year if it wasn't for him. Um, but I don't know enough or I haven't watched enough uh, football for the league and to really comment on Messi not being in. Um, it's only marred in controversy because of his name, isn't it? Really, at the end of the day, if he didn't have, if he didn't have a season justifying it, and PSG didn't have a season justifying a reason for him being in there, so you know, is it surprising? Not really, I suppose. But yeah, it's it, for me. I, I I'd like it to be Benzema. Uh, I'll be very surprised if Benzema doesn't get it, but then. We have seen with Lewandowski in the past that it isn't always how it goes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say the reason why uh, Messi's not in there is Kylian Mbappe. If, if, if it wasn't for Kylian Mbappe, he might have made it. He might have done a better job. Because uh, just looking at like the season opener in Liga, when it Mbappe wasn't even in the team. It was just Neymar and Messi. They won 6-0, I believe. With a um, good amount of goal contributions between the two of them. I think there was a stat showing like when Bappe wasn't there between them. They've got eight goal, goal contributions so far the season, pre-season and the f- opener. And then Bappe comes in and it's like, oh, everything changes. So do you, think, like... do you think they're like, they can't work together? Potentially, potentially. I mean, that that's the problem with like the PSG side of things. It's like a probably way too many big names where it's a situation where it just doesn't gel. And I think uh, that that's basically one of the reasons. And I think Messi would have been better if it was just like him and maybe one other big name. But him, Neymar and Mbappe being in that attack is probably too many cooks spoiling the broth, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that uh, is the thing that is unfortunate about that there, there is that like it could have been the perfect like mentor for Mbappe potentially yeah rather but, than like almost rival but going to why Benzema wins it's also because the World Cup is in the winter let's face it if it was in the summer mm-hmm. there would have been another contender whoever would have helped win the World Cup for their team or something like the nation that would have then caused that sort of like 50-50 sort of situation. But because there was no World Cup, I think, yeah, it's just it's just a Benzema. Yeah. And well, GH, just uh, two draws in your first... Um, two games. First two games for Liverpool, so... It's looking great for me saying they're winning the league, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, same. It's great start. I, said that I, I think I even said they were going to win the treble. I believe you did say that last week. Yes, you you definitely said that last week. Yeah, I must have had some of GH's mum's brownies. So, the last question I could see here to make sure I've not missed any. Um, note that's all of them. So, last question we've got is from Girk, and it's more to do with the Chelsea Tottenham controversy as well as general poor decisions made down the years. Do you think Anthony Taylor should be allowed to referee again? Personally, I think he should, because many referees have had countless bad decisions against certain teams. So this is leading into the conspiracy theory that Chelsea and Anthony Taylor do not mix. 
do do you think that he should maybe see less refereeing time or anything like that as a result of this game? Uh, maybe a trip to Specsavers might help. <laughs> it's just possibly. I mean, referees make mistakes, and everything, but let's not remember, let's not forget the fact that we have got like the supposedly the support and information from VAR to help now, I and mean, that isn't helping, is it? So come on, we can't just put it all down to one person, um, despite their history. But I mean, there's definitely the there's definitely. Referee. This it's is the different. same referee who didn't give a penalty to Chelsea against Tottenham when Gazaniga is just straight kicked, uh, like flying kicked that that almost marks Alonso. He well, gave yeah, a free kick to Tottenham. If they're thinking in this in having him in this fixture was that to make amends, then obviously that wasn't the right. <laughs> but um, no, I just think that like there's a lot of things to help and support referees now that should be working as well. So let's let's. Yes, I agree. Like it's, it's bad, but we let's share some of the blame a little bit and just say that generally, even with the introduction of VAR at the moment, refereeing is still a shambles. So, um, will it ever, will it ever be fixed? With when, when we're now putting all these things in place to try and stop it from happening, probably not. There's always going to be some form of human error, but the scale of the errors is what needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about, you know, like I said about the the offside thing on that on the on the Richarlison, like you know that that to me can't be a consideration um, just because it changes the way a football team plays or changes a decision in a striker's mind or a midfielder's mind about shooting from outside the box, whereas actually just blatant um, disregard for violent conduct or for whatever thing you know whatever things it just yeah they're, they're a bit different they're a bit more high scale decisions aren't they i think the problem is there's not the, the refereeing standard isn't the best in general nope so if, if he if he supposedly never refed again or if people are calling for that or never ref a chelsea game again the, the standard of refereeing is not that high either way so no, it's not going to stop decisions going wrong is if, it if, it would just be different people getting scapegoated instead i'm not saying that's scapegoat's not the right word but different people will be making mistakes and yeah it's it's more we need to make sure the refereeing stands at a higher quality yeah and maybe even streamline some rules but that that's getting into a whole sort of reform that we don't need to get into right now um, I think that's all though for for the podcast. That's all the Q and A questions. I don't know if you guys have got a quick fire hot take or question that you want to say. My my um, slight question to you two, just as fans, and I, I don't know whether you might need a little bit of time to think about this, so it might be something to ask now and and revisit next week. But my question was going to be to you two: if you could, for your team, intercept any transfer that has happened so far from what we've seen, who would it be and why? So intercept being hijack another team's deal or stop. Yeah, hijack from... another team's deal to be your player. Um, potentially, uh, Spurs signing Basuma, maybe. 
Yeah. I, I'd say that we could do with a decent backup uh, CDM or potentially even a starting CDM due to sort of like overshadowing controversy that's going on with mm-hmm. that player in our club at the moment. So yeah. it'd be good to have mm. someone like Basuma in the club or a decent CDM just in case. Hmm. I'm just trying to think. Because a player I did want was Kostic, but we got Perisic instead, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. It's just a slightly younger version. Mm. So I don't know whether to go and say, yeah, Kostic to Juve, I'd say instead of Perisic, get him. But it's free transfer compared to, I think, 9 mil. So it's it's not the biggest thing. Um, Spurs' issue and... I'm trying to think if there's been someone of that style that that has gone that I'd want. So Christian Eriksen comes to mind. Spurs need like a a, a creative midfielder to sort of beat low blocks. I've said yeah. this previously. It's why I've, when I've seen we're interested in Zaniolo, I've gone, oh, you know that probably is the right sort of player to go for, but he's not moved. So I'm trying to think of players that would play like an attacking midfield role and Dabala comes to mind, but he's more possibly wing or flout striker. So, uh, what what I desperately want for Tottenham is just just that extra option of we can play with an attacking midfielder. So, uh, I'll say that. But in terms of who's actually signed for one, I guess I guess Dabala is the closest I can yeah. think of at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think that's a fair shout. Yeah. And Brad, for you, Chelsea? Um, we'll go with Chelsea rather than Norwich. I'll go, I'll go with Chelsea, Norwich, sure. Okay. Um, I mean, the obvious one to say would be Haaland because Chelsea are definitely lacking strikers at the moment. And I like the fact that they've they've obviously lost Lukaku now. Um, Werner's gone back to Leipzig. They're desperately looking for a striker. I've heard some different rumours about the potential of um, Aubameyang. Um, I don't know whether that's a good idea. Um, just like I, I know, like it was, it was an Arsenal thing, and or it was certainly an Arteta thing with him, like not turning up and Arteta making that decision to not play him to kind of like sort of show him, I suppose, that he wasn't above not being played mm-hmm. if he wasn't going to perform. So. But I think to say to say like a Haaland seems like a cop out. It seems like an easy thing to say, um, because Lewandowski moved. Lewandowski moved as well. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the way that in terms of the way that Chelsea play, I feel like target man is definitely where they go, and because of his versatility as a target man, but also as a getting behind, Haaland is the easy choice. But they also, I think, could possibly do with another centre-back. I know that Koulibaly's mm-hmm. obviously been brought in and he does look good. He's got a couple of little errors in the derby, but don't get me wrong, that was such a high-profile game for him to be involved in that I think once he gets a little bit of experience of, one, how the Premier League works, two, how certain players for Premier League teams work, then I think he'll be very, very good. Who could they have alongside him? 
uh, well, centre backs that have moved. So, uh, Delict's moved. Um, you've got Kunde who's moved, and Kunde was heavily Kunde linked. Kunde was heavily to, linked. Yeah, so yeah. Kunde's an option. I think I think Delict would actually have been. I'm, I'm. I always everything always shocks me about that name when it comes up because I still can't believe how young the guy is. What, um, 22, 23? Yeah, like and already, like, did so much for Ajax. Obviously not. You know, not as much for Juve from what we've, from what little I know of of Juve, but um, they started the league off very well today as a three 0 win at home to Sassuolo. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'll go with that. Delit to to Chelsea just to solidify their defence. If it wasn't going to be the obvious choice of getting Haaland um, into the squad because they are desperate for goals this season. I know we've seen. Obviously, Sterling being brought in and Havertz is still a good finisher. He's not a brilliant finisher, um, but they need they need that out and out forward. They need that person to dictate what ball they want, when they want it, where they want it, and I'm going to finish it from here. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I mean, I on the centre back side of things, I think Sven, Sven Botman would have probably been um, mm-hmm. a good option for Chelsea in terms of hijacking. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about forwards, I think Dybala probably would have been a bit, a bit more of a better fit than the target man because target man sort of situation didn't really work out with Lukaku. Haaland wouldn't really fit that bill either because whoever they would want would have to play with the back against goal. Yeah, so... they've just kind of historically done it though, haven't they? With like when you when you go with Giroud, when you go back to um, Drogba, Drogba. Yeah. Who else? Yeah. There's, there was someone else I was going to Diego Costa, like they, they've they've Price always point. kind of done that, like that that mm-hmm. kind of strong physical presence of a striker. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that maybe a different option would work, but like in more recent times, in their when their success of winning the league, they did have those strikers in that role. Mm-hmm. But the likes of Drogba and uh, Giroud, for instance, suit that more. Well, definitely yeah. Giroud, anyway more fits that sort of style of role anyway I mean Haaland would be the one because obviously like I say he's more versatile than just being that target man like we've we've seen it already like this weekend with him like he had the he had the thread of a pass from De Bruyne to run through and play off the last man and get acres of space to score and then he also had the target man hold up the ball and play in Gundogan this weekend to provide him with a goal so he's he's got a lot of things about him at the moment, which I think is going to be very, very good for them this year. He's going to be, um, yeah, he's going to give them a lot of options just within one game, not just over the season, but he's like to change the way they want to play in a game. If, if things aren't working, he's going to, yeah, I think I can't see anyone other than him being top goal scorer at the moment. And uh, I'm sorry, GH, I know you love, your beloved Nunes, um, but that was Gurk. Oh, it was Sorry, Gurk said that. Yeah, uh, that ain't happening. Um, well, I mean, it, w- it weren't happening before what, the what headbutt. by five goals? Yeah, it weren't happening before the headbutt, and I don't think it's happening now, mate. Mhm. I'm pretty certain Harland only. Had, I'm just gonna try try and double check this. I'm pretty certain Harland only had eight touches of the ball in that Bournemouth game. Something I remember hearing. Yeah, so he didn't get his first touch until really late on when he 
Was this? I think destroyed them. I think it was his. It was his. Eight and two passes, but Erling Haaland still took Bournemouth apart. Yeah, he. I'm pretty sure his first proper touch of the game was the assist to Gundogan. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty which sure is, that was which it. is mental. Yeah. Like he wasn't in the game in terms of touches, but he was in. Yeah. Ter- he was in terms of dragging defenders and bringing other people into the game just with his movement. Well, and this is it, isn't He's it? He's got like, that. That's a different part of his game that doesn't get spoken about much. No, and we know that that's going to happen naturally because teams are going to come up against them and think, right, we need to stop this guy from being able to play against us. And so they're going to put two or three men on him. They're going to try and stop him from like holding up the ball now because they've seen him do that, even though he had, I think he had like two or three defenders around him during that goal. One pretty much was like almost inside him from behind, and like he still managed to shrug him off, hold the ball up, wait for Gundogan's run, tap it through ball, lovely. Like he's this is what I mean. The, the more <laughs> there's going to be a case of he's going to end up prov- like providing a lot of the other forwards with space because he's going to have two or three people on him. Absolutely. So I think where where it's at, we're going to leave it there. Thank you for your questions and thank you for some definitely interesting takes you've had this week. Um, this one being the, the t-shirt that I'm wearing, Portuguese t-shirt to support Bernardo Silva, who's better than Maras. <laughs> but we will see you next week for another episode of the Free for Tears podcast. I have been AJS, that has been Brad and Merzgoff, and we will see you next week. Peace out, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.